Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. I'm Haley Tenpass, and we love to check in with our friends over at Hurling Clark Law Firm for an hour of law talk once a month here on Focus Fox Valley. We've got some great topics here today to help us learn a little bit more about the world of law, specifically family law today, and a few things we'll be highlighting during our hour Maybe you are considering a divorce, but do you need a lawyer? What should you consider in hiring a lawyer? And can you DIY a divorce? Also coming up, nuances in family law, especially considering the current economic climate. How does that fit into the world of family law? For this, we are turning to the experts, of course. And today we have attorney Kelly Kelly joining us on our Settlers Bank phone line. Kelly, good morning to you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And a happy belated birthday as well, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. Birthdays when you're my age aren't quite as fun as they were a long time ago, but yes, thank you. Well, I always say, I I hope, what I say to my friends is, I hope that you're able to find something that sparks joy for you on your birthday, whatever that may be, even if it's time by yourself. If that's sparking joy for you, happy birthday. Singing in my car on the way back from court yesterday was was joyous. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, we, we have an interesting topic for today, and uh, you brought these topics to my attention. I had a chance to think about them a little bit over the last 24 hours or so. And uh, the, the first one is, is, you know, a heartbreaking topic to to dive into, but it's a reality for, for many families, for many marriages. Um, and that's, that's sometimes that divorce is the ultimate ending to that relationship, right? And I think it's very natural, Kelly, to think, all right, we I want a divorce. I need to hire a lawyer. Uh, but I think there's nuance to this as well. So first and foremost, um, maybe you set the scene for us a little bit here. Um, what people might want to consider uh, first and foremost, if they are hiring a lawyer when it comes to their divorce? Well, that's a great question. And I do tell people that I I talk to a couple of things. One is, you know, I wouldn't give myself a root canal. And as a family law attorney, I wouldn't discourage anybody to have an attorney. Um, I also tell people to be very careful with what you read online, because I am sure somewhere online it says that Elvis is still alive. (laughs) So having said that, there are some cases that are uh, straightforward or... um, not legally complicated that 
some sophisticated folks or even unsophisticated folks wouldn't need an attorney to handle. Um, you know, it depends on the individual's comfort level with handling what we're talking about. If you've got children, if you have a house, if you have a business, um, you know, if you have a whole bunch of debt, it really depends on what your particular case brings to the table as far as the legal issues. Um, the more legal issues you have, the more complicated your affairs are, whether it's financially or with your children, uh, the more difficult I think it would be to handle that pro se, which means on your own or without an attorney. Um, if, if the individual is, you know, let's set up a case where the parties have been married for six months, they have no children together, they rent an apartment together, and they each have, you know, very minimal as far as maybe retirement in a car. That kind of scenario is not so legally complicated that they couldn't do it themselves, especially if they are, you know, on good terms and are able to communicate and move forward. Uh, really, when there's poor communication or, uh, you know, some anger or upset with the other person, that can break down the ability for parties to come to an agreement. Um, one thing that I've, I've learned that judges uh, prefer uh, is that when parties are able to work together to reach an agreement, whether that's with uh, attorneys or without attorneys, but um, judges really don't like to spend their days determining which person gets the toaster, and, and that yeah. does happen. Um, so the complexity of your case, your ability to communicate with your, your significant other or your spouse, um, those are two factors to consider as to whether or not you should get a divorce, uh, or excuse me, whether or not you should get a divorce attorney. Interesting. So kind of for lack of a better term, if it's a messier situation, you might want someone who's able to guide you through that process correctly. Right. You know, keeping in mind, uh, and this is, you know, in choosing a lawyer, we'll get to that too, but um, keeping in mind, you know, my job as the attorney is to get the best result uh, under the law that I can for my client. And so part of that is making sure that the, the cases I'm taking are in counties and in venues and before court officials that I'm familiar with, that there's a comfort level that I know kind of how things work around there because there are different uh, procedures within different courts. And so, yes, there's, uh, if, the messier it is, the, uh, the more likely you will be in court more often, the more requirements and uh, different aspects of the case that you'd have to consider that if you don't have an attorney might be difficult to navigate. Interesting. On the flip side, though, Kelly, I was really surprised when you when you shared the sentence saying or whether to hire a lawyer at all. Uh, the term DIY divorce kind of came to mind for me. And that sounds, you know, a little bit cheesy. But there are folks out there who are able to do this process on their own outside of the court system. It's not outside of the court system because they would still need to have right. uh, go through the, the sort of legal channels but it is without an attorney. There are different services uh, that are provided uh, throughout the state uh, for pro se divorce, and that is uh, those individuals, some of them are attorneys themselves, some of them have training and experience, and what they do is they help the parties uh, work through whatever issues might need to be addressed, make sure the forms are taken care of and, and sort of the, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Those folks, if they're not acting in that capacity of the lawyer, can't give legal advice, um, so the kind of case that you would present to a pro se uh, type service would be, again, one of those where the parties have uh, 
are on, on the same page for most, if not everything, and have a, the ability to communicate to work through those issues they may not have agreed upon. There are also forms online that the state bar offers uh, and some sort of how-to instructions with respect to what you need in order to have your um, divorce completed. Some counties have a self-help center where lawyers volunteer to guide folks through the process as far as the paperwork and, hey, maybe consider looking into this or that. Again, they can't give specific legal advice to those cases because they don't represent those folks. But there are a a whole uh, slew of different options for folks who don't want an attorney um, and don't like that route, I guess, to be able to get through your divorce, um, you know, as best you can that route. I I would imagine that the financial strain sometimes might be a reason people might want to go that path of doing it themselves. Would would you agree with that or disagree with that? I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, there's there's no way for a lawyer to predict how much uh, in attorney fees and costs your divorce would be, and that's probably one of the most common questions I am asked. And I and I prefer to have an answer to questions, but I don't have an answer to that one. And it could be, it, it depends. It depends on a whole bunch of different factors. But you're right, Haley, it could be, um, you know, things are stretched. I mean, people are going, in most cases, from one household with, you know, two people, two adults, whether they're both working or not, to two separate households. And and that budget is now, you know, stretched beyond where it was. And having, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars in attorney's fees is not something that most people are situated to deal with right now. Yeah. On the flip side, though, Kelly, and I think we'll have to come to this after the break, but I would I would think that an attorney might be able to help draft um, the right, I guess, for lack of a better term, maybe um, pathways for, for, for those getting a divorce to be able to manage money and to figure out who gets what. on the other side of a divorce. And that's why choosing a lawyer, I think, or finding an attorney might be able to help some people through that process. If you want to make sure on the other end of things that you're getting what you feel you are, you know, owed (laughs) from that relationship, right? Uh, So maybe we'll turn the the conversation to that um, aspect of of how you find a lawyer that I guess is going to fight for you and maybe what kind of questions you should be asking an attorney um, if you would like to hire them to help you work through your divorce. So we'll take the conversation there after the break, Kelly. Sounds good. All right. Attorney Kelly Kelly joining us here today during Hurling Clark's Law Talk. We'll take a short break and come back with more after this. And welcome back. It's Law Talk with Hurling Clark Law Firm, part of Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. Attorney Kelly Kelly is joining us today. And one more piece of wisdom uh, from her as we kind of walk away from talking about uh, DIY divorce, (laughs) I guess to say here, Kelly. Um, You can't really fix it or fix the situation, Kelly, you were you were telling me during the break, um, if, if someone who does their divorce on their own maybe makes an error. Right, and that's an important thing to mention. Um, I've had cases where people have called and, and have been, been doing this for 20 years. It's, it's 
happen quite often. People will call in and say, hey, my spouse and I didn't get lawyers. We were pro se. Um, or my spouse had a lawyer. I didn't. Here's what happened. We're divorced now. And I realized that I you know, gave my spouse $100,000 too much of my retirement account. Or I didn't realize that I didn't, I shouldn't have agreed to this, this, or this. And I can't easily just file a motion with the court to get that to be reviewed. A lot of these things are binding and there's time frames and different burdens uh, to meet in order for some changes. So that's why I say if it's, if you're sophisticated enough to handle it and it's not messy, um, those are the cases that are more likely to be able to handle by someone on their own. But buyer beware because I'm not a magician and can't fix things that have gone drastically bad, which unfortunately happens to people. Interesting. All right. Great point, Kelly. Let's move on, though, to kind of some guidance for folks who maybe do find them in the position of needing to file for divorce. They do want to find an attorney. What type of questions should they be asking potential attorneys um, to, I guess, kind of find the person that might be the right fit for them and for what they want to fight for? Great question. I think, you know, there, there's all sorts of different facets to ask or, you know, sort of avenues. Um, you know, it's important that, that your attorney has experience, although I was a new lawyer at some point, too. And so you have to look at maybe where that person works. I had uh, Bob Loomis as my mentor and, and still do. And he was someone that had a lot of experience. So even though I was a new lawyer, I had him to uh, help me and guide me, and so that was of huge benefit. Uh, there's some people that don't have that benefit. Uh, I would say look at their philosophy on how they handle family law cases. Um, I tell clients if they come in and, and they're, um, I get the sense, looking for a you know scorched earth approach, uh, that is not something that we do here at Hurling Clark. Our goal, and this is the philosophy of the family law department in general, is to make sure that these these cases are not worse when when they're done. So what do I mean by that? I mean, I want you to be able to sit next to your child, uh, your child's parent, the other parent at a soccer game without, you know, absolutely hating it. I want you to be able to uh, communicate about events for your children. I want you to be able to see each other at the grocery store and not, you know, ram the cart into the person. Um Family law cases and in divorce cases are very emotional, very upsetting for a whole lot of reasons. And our job as lawyers is not to get into that and make it worse, to file frivolous motions, to rile people up. Um, And so we take that pretty seriously because at the end of the day, these folks are going to go on with their lives. We're not going to be part of it. And I want to make sure that I didn't do damage to the relationship that, that was unneeded. Um, you know, unfortunately, some cases turn south uh, and then we have to handle it. Um, but that's not the goal. Should people maybe be asking for uh, recommendations, uh, maybe going to their own friends saying, hey, who did you go with? <laughs> what was your experience like? Um, does that help sometimes? Ab- yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I, I think one of the uh, most interesting referrals that I get uh, would be for the uh, let, let's say, for example, um, I represented your spouse, Haley, in a divorce, and you referred me to somebody and said, hey, Kelly represented my spouse in, in our divorce, and she did such a great job that you should go to her. I've had that before. Mm. Um, you know, yes, I would say f- talk to people that, that you know that have referrals. 
sometimes they will say, mm, you know, I didn't really jibe with that person and we didn't really have, uh, you know, we didn't see eye to eye on different things. And then maybe you notice you're in a different direction. But yes, absolutely. Family and friend referrals. Um, you know, what areas of law these people practice? I only practice family law. There are some lawyers that are, uh, you know, are able to practice in many different areas of law. Depends on what each client is looking for. Um, a lot of clients that I talk to would prefer somebody that specializes in one area of law rather than uh, kind of jack of all trades. Likewise, where do we practice? I practice primarily in northeastern Wisconsin, but as you go north and northwest, there are not a lot of family law attorneys. And so I do travel to uh, counties, you know, an hour, two hours away because I have experience there and they just don't have as many family law attorneys. Um, I would beware of somebody from, you know, real far away saying that they could help you because they don't know the players, so to speak, which would mean the court officials. Um, they don't know uh, the local rules as far as requirements on how to do things. And, and you certainly wouldn't want your case to go south because of some sort of little technical issue that uh, a lawyer around here would have known about. All right. Kelly, before we, I guess, uh, divorce the divorce topic and move on here in our conversation, uh, anything else you'd like to add on the topic of uh, finding an attorney or doing the divorce yourself? I don't think so, but certainly if anyone has any uh questions or wants to chat with us, they can certainly get in contact with us at the office. Excellent. All right. We're going to shift gears here uh, for our last little segment of the hour as we look to some nuances in family law uh, that apply to the current economic climate. So we'll hear more uh, of what Kelly's kind of been dealing with lately when we come back. You're listening to Law Talk with Herling Clark Law Firm on WHBY. Welcome back to Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. Today, it's our Law Talk Hour with Herling Clark Law Firm talking with family law attorney Kelly Kelly. And I was curious to learn, uh, as you gave this topic for consideration here today, Kelly, uh, that the current economic climate is even uh, weaving its way into the world of family law. So my first question is, as we look to speak about some of the nuances in family law that are considering the current economic climate, um, Kelly, how does this kind of fit into family law? Where do you see our current economic uh, struggles or, or high, highs and lows, all that's in between? How do you see that fit into family law in general? You know, it's important to consider what's going on in the, you know, the financial world uh, when you have retirement accounts, for example. Um, if, you know, the market is, it, the market's unpredictable, as we know. And so um, if the market's doing well, that's one consideration, um, but it's not going to last. If it's doing poor, likewise. Um, I've had cases where, let's say, the parties have two main assets. One asset is the house and one is a, a large retirement account. And, you, you know, you need to make sure that your clients understand if, if the other person keeps the house and you keep your retirement account, and let's say they're of equal value as far as, you know, the net value, be aware because that retirement account could fluctuate real high or real low, uh, much so, uh, more so than the house would. And so that's more of a, you know, a volatile asset to take. Um, 
sometimes people would rather just keep their retirement account and, you know, kind of go along with, with the market, and some people don't want that risk. So different types of, of considerations like that. Um, you know, right now, Haley, with interest rates being uh, as high as they are, I, I just had a client uh, that I talked to yesterday that had to refinance the mortgage. Uh, typically, when one person keeps the home, they must refinance uh, the mortgage or otherwise remove their you know, ex-spouse from that mortgage obligation. That person went from an interest rate of 2.5% to, I think, almost 7%. Hmm. That's significant mm-hmm. when you know, you're talking about a mortgage for 15, 20, or 30 years. And um, you know, that's just, again, something to consider because that affects their budget, their ability maybe to make payments on other obligations, things like that. Interesting. So, uh, so those, so those refinances, for example, how can those be managed or negotiated in a divorce case? Well, it depends. Um, you know, I've because the the rate fluctuation has been so significant in the last you know couple of months here. Uh, it hasn't been something that we've dealt with a lot, or at least in my sort of tenure as a lawyer. But what I've tried to do in different cases with with mixed results is try to have the other side or the other person agree uh, to give more time to refinance than normally would happen. Normally, it's 60, 90, 120 days uh, to refinance. I don't know that the rates are going to change dramatically in the next 120 days. So, uh, you know, I've had cases recently where we've asked for, you know, two years or one year. Um, And sometimes people agree, sometimes people don't. But the hope is that in that interim, you know, one to two years, the rates are going to go back down to something more manageable. Now, in order to get that benefit of being able to refinance uh, later and not have to maybe get such a yucky interest rate, the, you know, the other person is going to say, well, what are you going to do for me? And so there might be a consideration on, you know, something else in order to get that uh, consideration for the, the refinance. Interesting. All right. One more thing we wanted to talk about before we, we break for the hour here um, is, is talking unemployment. And we know that uh, the unemployment rate in the U.S. It dropped to 3.5 percent in December of 2022, falling below market expectations. And it matched rates seen in September and July. I mean, it, it's a very low unemployment rate right now. That can play a role or a factor into uh, determining, I know, a few things on your end here, Kelly. How do you factor in um, underemployed spouses or taking a look at the current job employment and seeing some of the arguments there? Well, it it depends on each case. Um, There are some cases where people are just unemployed because that was how their family structure was. One, One of the spouses worked and one of them didn't work. And so the question is, uh, you know, what, what is that spouse that hadn't worked capable of doing? I mean, if they've been out of the workforce for one year, that is different than if they've been out of the workforce for 20 years. Uh, certainly, it depends on their field of, of expertise. If they were in IT, you can imagine how much IT has changed in the last 20 years. Uh, so you have to kind of consider what their background is and where they find themselves now. Likewise, if a person is underemployed, Let's say the person is working, you know, part-time at, um, you know, a job that is not something in their, you know, skill set necessarily, but they're doing it just, you know, for whatever reason. So you have to take the consideration of what, they're do- what the individual is doing, what could they do. Um, you know, perhaps if somebody has a long history of working at, uh, you know, in IT, let's use that as an example, and the family decided the person in IT doesn't need to do that anymore. They can just work part-time at a flower shop 
which I think would be fun. Um, working at the flower shop is probably not the maximum earning potential for that individual because we know they had worked in IT, and I would suspect working full-time in IT is going to earn more money than part-time in a floral shop. So, um, you know, the history, what their skills are, you have to look at that. Now, sometimes people will acknowledge and say, you're right, I'm not earning to my highest potential right now, but I'm, I'm willing to use my highest potential when we're talking about support and different aspects of the divorce case. And then there's some people that say, nope, me working at this flower shop is the most I can do because there's no jobs out there. Um, you know, so it just kind of depends. We've had cases recently where the court has, in the flower shop example, said, look, you can work at the flower shop and you can only work 10 hours a week if that's what you choose to do. But I know there's jobs available out there. And so I'm going to impute X amount of dollars per hour to you at full time when we're talking about support so that your spouse doesn't have to pay you support because you're choosing to work part time rather than you know maximizing your potential. Interesting. And I'm sure that's where things can get really nuanced and messy as well, Kelly, because if you consider if maybe kids are involved and one of those yes. uh, spouses maybe has, you know, been home, you know, 90 percent of the time with those children uh, to change that scenario for those kids would be a significant, um, you know, flip. So, so nuanced. here, so many layers. Absolutely. So yep. many layers. Yep. Every case is fact dependent. So when people call and say, you know, it should be just like my neighbors because we both have three children. We both have this or that. Every case is different, and it sounds very cliche, but it's true. Hmm. Yeah, there's no size fits all when it comes to divorce, no. is there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. All right. Well, to kind of, uh, I guess, put a bow on our conversation, because I know, Kelly, you do need to pop out a little bit earlier today, which is just fine. Um, what should our listeners maybe take away as we discuss the topic of divorce? You know, finding that perfect attorney for you or maybe not finding an attorney in your situation and then taking into consideration, too, uh, our current economic climate and all those factors as well. I think when determining whether you you know need or must have an attorney, at least explore the possibility, right? There are some people that are, are you know on the fence, maybe think they don't need an attorney. It certainly does no harm to find a uh, find an attorney or two and do some consultations, and then you might be confirmed that you know I can do this on my own. I don't need a lawyer. Or wow, there's way more to it than I had considered, and I definitely want an attorney. At least explore that option as a starting point. I encourage people to talk to more than one attorney. Um, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they say, nope, I don't want to. Uh, but there are a lot of attorneys out there. We all have different approaches. We all have different bedside manner, so to speak. And so it's important when you're going through this process that you're comfortable with your attorney. It's a long process. You need to trust and have faith that they know what they're doing and that they're doing as best they can to get the best result for you. Of course, Herlin Clark, able to offer some help to those going through that chapter of life and other other areas of law as well. But Kelly, if folks are looking to get in touch with you or your colleagues, what is the best way they can do that? Uh, HerlinClark.com or our main uh, number in Appleton. We have a number of offices, but the Appleton office is 7366. We also have a Facebook page, Instagram, and probably other things that I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> All the social media places, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Kelly, thanks for being with us here today. Always great to talk with you. All right. I appreciate it, Haley. Thanks. Thank you. Attorney Kelly. Kelly joining us here today with more on the world of family law, specifically divorce.
today. We will take a short break and come on back and tell you more about what we're working on for this hour of the show. Don't go away. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.